0: What's going on everybody? Welcome into the first edition of the 2022 version of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. I am back. It's your host, Blaine Spencer. I hope you guys have been had a happy new year, a happy holidays, and I hope you guys have been able to take a little bit of time to kick back, relax a bit a little bit, spend some time with your family, some friends, and get ready to start back up again with 2022. And Let's try and make this year the best year yet. I got some great content in the works. We got interviews. We got some potential stories. We got some le- information that we found out, some great things that are going to be potentially leading into 2022. And without further ado, we've got a great slate for you tonight. We've got some talk about the turmoil in Tampa Bay. My prediction of who are going to be the final teams that are going to be in the wild card and be the locks for the NFL. And then my pick for the national championship in the rematch between Alabama and Georgia. So let's dive right in. Tampa Bay, what can you say? It is nothing short of a crisis. Antonio Brown strikes again. What have we learned here in this situation is that Good things can never last too long when it comes to Antonio Brown and it unfolded again this week. And there has been more and more information coming out. I really wanted to come out with a segment right away, but it didn't come out that way. Cause I thought there was going to be potentially more co- stuff coming out and Oh boy, did it ever information's galore. There is now a rift between Antonio Brown and the Tampa Bay Bucks. He's been officially released. He had his antics off the field on Sunday doing his nice little jumping jacks up and down, up and down, throwing his pads off, throwing his gear into the stands, and then jumping jacks in the end zone as he stormed off. But potentially there was more to that. And just instead of just a mental breakdown, which we thought was unfolding, that has been that took place, but potentially an injury with a broken foot that he said has been looked at by a doctor that he's released in a statement and that the team was trying to force him to play injured when his body was telling them that he could not go any longer. What have we learned here? Antonio Bruce Arians, Antonio Brown, Tom Brady. Let's see here. Let's try and unpack this for a second. Antonio Brown. Had two of the greatest coaches in NFL history. Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick. So he had two. Couldn't, neither of them could really figure out how to get it to work. Blew up in Pittsburgh. Blew up in New England after one game. The situation in Oakland. He couldn't even get on the field for his first game. There. And now... He was able to get some time in Tampa Bay over a season now. And lightning has struck again down on Antonio Brown and on the franchise that he is usually with. Apparently, the wide receivers coach starts screaming out, saying, You're done, you're done, you're done. Dude, think before you speak, especially when you're talking to Antonio Brown. Why? Because in his history, he does not take what normal people think as his answer 95% of the time. He is not understanding what you're probably thinking. Maybe you're just saying he was done for the game. But no, he thinks that he might be done with his career. He overreacts. Everything spirals into a whole nutshell. Arian said that he didn't know that ab was hurt he said he was clear to play but then there's also the situation that ab apparently was complaining about targets at halftime he was complaining about targets so he can get his money with his incentives and his contract the week before he had over 15 targets 10 catches over 100 yards what is true what is not lawyers are involved it is nothing short of turmoil. But what does this now unfold for Tampa Bay? It's a distraction that takes them this way instead of looking this way towards the field. They're now distracted by it. Now they're answering questions about it. Their media is no longer, couldn't care less about their game against Carolina this week. They want to know what's going on with the whole AB situation. Should, was either in the right? No, and two wrongs don't make it right. But you need to think before you speak. Coaches and players and everything. My mom and dad are going to listen to this and be so happy that I have finally learned after 25 years that I am now passing along a lesson to the real world. Think before you speak. It is isn't rocket science. Process the information before you relay it. Because if you say something wrong, depending on your audience... It could be misinterpreted. And now we don't know if that's a true misinterpretation. But how can you side with AB? It's stacked against him with his history. Could it be different in this scenario? Yes, really could. But in my perspective, both are wrong. I don't think Tampa Bay is now going to win a Super Bowl. Because now you've lost two critical pieces on the outside. Godwin, I thought they were going to be okay. Why? Antonio Brown could fill that role in Chris Godwin's place. AB's gone. You know, Mike Evans left, basically. What's there? You don't know about his health. Hamstring issue. Leonard Fournette injured. Is he going to come back off of IR in time? Levante David on the defensive side. Their secondary has been shambles all year. They're going to have to reinvent themselves offensively, basically, probably going multi tight end sets with Cameron Brate, OJ Howard, and Rob Gronkowski. Will I write them off? No, because they have someone called Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, at the quarterback position under center. So I will never write them off. Do I think they will win the Super Bowl, though? No. I think it's done. Their ship has sailed. And you get that if, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Little pun there. Probably not a good one. <laughs> we'll keep going in that respect. But back to the situation at hand. Antonio Brown, in my opinion, will most likely be done in the NFL. Unless this potentially goes in his favor. He get, I will give him a 10% chance maybe to get back in if it does go in his favor. But there's just too much baggage for him to be able to continue and have teams take chances on him over and over. Tom Brady took two on him, one in New England and one in Tampa. You just, he needs to be treated differently. You need to understand that. The man is probably one of the best ever to do it at his position. But just the way his mentality, his attitude, how he re- reacts to certain things. You can't be saying certain things like you're effing done. It's just not how he's going to react in the correct way. If he just sat on the bench and didn't just sat there the whole time pouted, we wouldn't be talking about it. But because he decided to do jumping jacks on his way out of the stadium, Through a temper tantrum, basically, as he was leaving. It's all we're talking about. Where's the fine line? Antonio Brown, it's there. Your history's there. History repeated itself once again. And I think it's this time it's going to cost him. I don't think he's getting that fifth or sixth chance that he so covets. But you never know because in the NFL, Talent usually supersedes all the baggage that you're carrying. But who would the Tampa Bay potentially play? Could be Philadelphia. Philadelphia's in. Could be San Francisco or New Orleans. They're not in. Neither team are in there. So, and then on the AFC side, you have Pittsburgh in the mix, Colts, Chargers, Raiders. Chargers, Raiders are in a win-and-you're-in scenario on Sunday night. Colts have Jacksonville. Pittsburgh's got Baltimore. Highly doubtful that Lamar will most likely play. Just shut them down. Let the ankle heal. They're already eliminated. NFC side, Niners play the Rams down at SoFi. And New Orleans has Atlanta. Really intriguing to see how these playoff seedings are going to unfold. But I'm going to give my best crack at it. Let's start on the NFC side. San Francisco. Potentially no Jimmy Garoppolo. So you have Trey Lance back there. He showed signs. But he also played the Houston Texans. And everyone shows signs against the Houston Texans. Debo Samuel, absolute superstar. He's going to have to probably get 15 to 20 touches for them to be successful. Passing game, running game, whatever they need to do. Get that man the football. Rams, however, playing for a two-seed. which could potentially allow them to what? Play their entire postseason in SoFi, especially if if Green Bay slips up. Super Bowl's in SoFi. Just play a home game the entire way. So they'll come out ready to play. But Matthew Stafford, he's had his woes throwing the football of late, interceptions, seven in his last three games. Yes, he did come back and win them the football game, but they were in that position because he put them there. So, and then on the other hand, you have New Orleans. Taysom Hill probably be at the helm. Playing an Atlanta team that was just eliminated by Buffalo last week. Matt Ryan, will he give it a go? Will he play? Will they just sit him? Kyle Pitts, will he play? He got injured late in the second, first half against in the Buffalo game after he was playing extremely well. Pulled up lame as his hamstring. So. But also Atlanta can't stop a cold. Especially when it comes to running the football or even in pass coverage. They are atrocious defensively. New Orleans calling card, their defense. And they just hope that their quarterbacks aren't going to mess it up. Feed Alvin Kamara. I think New Orleans will get the job done and win their game. So it'll come down to San Francisco. You win and you're in, you lose and you're out. I think they're going to slip up. I think Trey Lance is going to show his rookie skills. Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, Von Miller, they're going to eat him up. They're going to show him, hey, buddy. You play at Houston. Welcome to the NFL. Niners end up losing. And the Rams win. And the Saints are in. So I've got the Saints getting the last spot in the NFC over the San Francisco 49ers. Let's look at the AFC side. A lot more teams in play here. Pittsburgh plays Baltimore. They need a win and they need help. So what are the scenarios for Pittsburgh? And a Colts loss. And they need to hope that the Chargers and Raiders game doesn't end in a tie. I swear on this planet Earth, if the Colts end up somehow losing and the Chargers and Raiders play, and they just take play lame football and it ends up being a tie. The NFL better get rid of it. There better be not a single tie allowed ever again. Even if you have to go to college rules for the regular season overtime, then you go back to traditional rules for the postseason. If a tie is the reason that keeps Pittsburgh out, it'll be an absolute crap show. I'll tell you that right now. I think Pittsburgh beats Baltimore. I don't think Lamar's going to play. I don't think Baltimore really play many of their guys. I think they'll play a lot of their younger guys, get them some reps. Big Ben, last potential game as a Steeler, they'll want to play for him. That's like they have. They played for him on Monday night when they hosted Cleveland. There was a different energy in the Steelers with Ben pretty much saying that this is it. Pittsburgh will get their job done, but they still need help. Indianapolis, you're playing Jacksonville. And what has Jacksonville done? They pretty. Indianapolis can't find a way to beat them in basically six or seven years, especially when it's in Jacksonville. Haven't beaten them in six or seven years. Jacksonville last year, the only win was week one, their home opener. I guess the Indianapolis Colts. What do I expect here? I don't expect Carson Wentz to do much. I expect them to rely heavily on Jonathan Taylor because the Jacksonville Jaguars cannot stop the run. Feed JT. He'll probably have 150 yards, two TDs, and he will be an absolute reckoning on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, probably throw a couple more INTs. He has really just struggled all season long. You've seen glimpses of him making throws, but he just he's not seeing the field right now. He's just struggling immensely. James Robinson probably will not play. It's just going to be a, an uphill battle for Jacksonville. I have the Colts winning easily. So that's the one spot gone already. Pittsburgh eliminated there. So what does it come down to? Sunday night, Chargers, Raiders. AFC West showdown to decide the final spot. Let's look at both teams. Chargers thought they were going to be in, probably have this all wrapped up already but then they laid an egg against the Texans themselves. Raiders on the other side had to win two these last two wins, two game winning drives, Derek Carr taking down the wind field for two game winning field goals. And how kudos to the Raiders, man, John Gruden situation, Henry Rugg situation. And you put yourself in a position winning you're in, like there's nothing more than you can say. It's just, Give him a hand, Basachi. Great job, dude. You went into the line of fire. If Derek, but also one thing, Derek Carr's leadership has really been on display for this team. If Derek Carr wasn't their quarterback, they're not in this position. Nobody would have been able to handle the situation as well as Derek Carr has handled these situations for the Las Vegas Raiders. What he, his leadership has. Earned him. They better pay him. Give Derek Carr his money. He has earned it this year alone. And yet he's been playing well on top of that. Like, come on. Give the man his money. Then on the flip side, you have a Chargers team. Their defense is finally getting healthy again. You're starting to see glimpses last week of the team that you saw earlier in the year defensively, creating turnovers, getting their health back, full strength. And then offensively, the weapons galore. Herbert, Eckler, Jackson, Williams, Allen. and can go on and on. It's just going to be an offensive plethora on display. And as a fantasy owner in his championship game this weekend, Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler, it's going to come down to you this week. So please light it up. But on a not a personal note, I am taking the Chargers to win this game. I think the Raiders will keep it close. Their zone defense will keep it in front of them, force the Chargers to methodically work their way down the field. Zay Jones and Hunter Renfro will be crucial. Who knows if Waller will play? Josh Jacobs will carry the ball probably 20 to 25 times, keep Herbert and the crew on the other side, off the sideline, on the sideline and off the field. But just too much firepower in the Chargers. So I got to roll with the Los Angeles Chargers getting it done on Sunday night. So there you have it. My three teams, Chargers are getting in. Colts are getting in. Steelers are on the outside. Raiders on the outside. Saints get in. Niners are on the outside. Three teams are in. Chargers, Colts, Saints. Lock it in. Let's see if I can put my money where my mouth is. Speaking of whatever my mouth is. What are we going to do here? National championship takes place Monday night, Indianapolis. The rematch. Alabama beaten Georgia the last four meetings when it's in a major game. One national championship and two SEC championships. If not now, when for Georgia? Will it get done? I think so. And this is everything that I go against. I usually, you know, winning your end game, take the better quarterback, like as I just previously did, taking the Chargers over the Raiders. Better quarterback's Herbert. You take the better quarterback. You have the Heisman Trophy, one of the best quarterback in college football, hands down, and Bryce Young. You have the greatest college football coach ever, Nick Saban in Alabama but there's just something about this Georgia team that I think they're going to finally break it. I also said that in the SEC championship that I thought they were going to beat them, but you could tell they weren't playing with that same intensity that you had seen all year. they were kind of lackluster. They knew that they were pretty much in win or lose. Alabama really needed to win to get in basically. And they played like it and they jumped on them early. Bennett made some bad throws and that was all she wrote. But if Georgia comes out 75% of what they were in the playoff game, they're winning. Even if they show three-quarters of what they showed in the Michigan semifinal, they were dominant. Alabama, solid. Weren't dominant, but solid against Cincinnati. And all you have to do is they they brought their B-minus game and they cruised. But A-game versus A-game? Georgia will win. Will win, and I think Vegas knows something. Georgia minus two and a half point favorites. So, I am going against everything. I think Georgia's got the best front seven in football, the best defense in football. Yes, Alabama has the best quarterback in football, but I think the loss of John Mechie will be a huge storyline potentially in this one. You're going to see what they're truly missing with him not out in there on the football field, I think, in this game. Give me the Bulldogs, and I'm going to give you a snippet. I think you, you're you going to see JT Daniels in this game. I really do. Especially if, he, if Bennett comes out cold and they're a little lackluster in that first quarter, Kirby will pull the plug and put the kit and Daniels in because he knows he's got the better arm talent that will really push – to outstretch the Alabama defense downfield. So I think JT Daniels will play. I think Georgia will get it done. I like the Bulldogs taking down the Crimson Tide. Well, there you have it. That was a quick sneak bit 2022 episode to get everything started. I've got interviews lined up. I've got more content on the way. Be ready. Stay tuned. I hope everyone has had a happy new year. Thank you so much for all your support, supporting the final whistle sports podcast. I'm not going to let you guys down and keep bringing you content. And enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. Good night. Stay tuned for more. I'm your host, Blaine Spencer.